0: It is so good to have all of our elders back with us today. This is the first time in quite a while that all of them have been here in the same assembly. And we appreciate that. Ron, we're glad you're well. And Frank, we're glad you're better and appreciate that. And it's good to see Joyce Ramirez and George here with us. Of course, it's good to have Robbie Went back with us. He's been lysoling the house trying to keep everything uh, clean and stay away from the bug. I was thinking as I was preparing this sermon, and one that took quite a bit of time for Don to memorize, but he got it memorized. You shall not steal. When I was a little boy, my dad had one key. It was to the car. And I wondered as I grew up what had changed. And I realized that maybe people had, but more than that, I realized we didn't have anything to steal. (laughs) And so things have changed through the years. So he is giving us something here that I really believe is important that I don't think we, we quite understand sometimes. We're required today in society to have keys. When I was younger, I had a lot more keys than I have now. But that's quite a few. To a car, to the house, to a few things like that. And every one of you have keys. In fact, one of the biggest problems my wife has, she's always losing her keys. And she said, don't tell anybody about that, but (laughs) we have keys to our house. And that's too bad. In fact, on my front door, Tyler put a doorbell for me that I can see people whenever they come and ring the doorbell. And I can say, you know what, we're not interested or what have you, and I don't have to even open the door. And it comes on my telephone and tells me that somebody's at my front door. Marvelous. But I think how sad it is that I have to have something like that to make sure that nobody's going to get into my house. And then the car, I had my car sitting out here a few years ago, And had a little Canon camera on the front seat. And when I went out to get in the car, and I was only gone a few minutes, the camera was gone. So you'd lose things through stealing. And then, of course, I try to protect my computer. And I lock it down, not with a lock this way, but with passwords, passwords, passwords. And I forget some of the passwords so I bought a thing called OnePassword, where it keeps those passwords and I hope I remember all the time what I'm supposed to put in to get into my 1Password. <laughs> so you got passwords and then you have the post office. If you've got, you got a mailbox at the post office and Gary is the key keeper on that and I think Frank is too that they have to have keys to get into the little box there. So we've got keys, keys, keys to protect ourselves from somebody stealing. I want to give you the meaning of the command. First of all, it's about property and ownership. We need to remember in the back of all of this sermon, we have Psalm 24.1, the earth is Yahweh's. With its fullness, the world and those who live in it. In other words, it's saying that everything that is around us, and even us, we are God's property. And so in one sense, if you affect any of these things, you can steal God's property. And that really is what's behind stealing, is we're stealing God's property. Even though God has put us in charge of some of this, and this is called stewardship, because we are all stewards of what God has given us. And stewardship simply means we're in charge of another's property. It belongs to somebody else, and God has given us these things. And that's why it's so important that we approach the subject of this not stealing. In Luke the 16th chapter verses 11 and 12 if then you have not been faithful with unrighteous wealth who will entrust to you the true riches and if you've not been faithful with what belongs to another who will give you your own. So God says how you handle what God has given you. The things that are in our possession that God has allowed us to have. If I do not Handle those right. God says you won't get the true treasure because you're going to be stewards in a new world. And we will not be able to do that. If you looked at communists, the state owns the property. It's not the individual at all. If you look at a democracy, the individual owns the property. And one of the things you notice about having property and having these things that God gives, us, it takes great responsibility. I have a responsibility for what God has given me. You have a responsibility for what God has given you. Either way, whether you're under a communist or the state taking care of the property, or whether you are under a democracy. Either way, we are responsible for that. We are responsible to take care of either one of those things that God has put us under. So property and ownership. In Isaiah, the 61st chapter, and verse 8, he says, For I, Yahweh, love justice, Hate robbery and injustice, and I will faithfully give their reward, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I want you to notice, God says, I hate robbery. So when we're talking about stealing, we're talking about rob- robbing somebody of something, and of, really we're robbing God. Do not steal means two things, and I'm trying to lay this out so that we can get into the main point, but sometimes if you lay down a right proposition, we take care of an awful lot as we go along in the furthest sermon. It means don't take what belongs to another without permission. Now, if you tell me I can have something, well, I'm not stealing it. But if you don't take, tell me I, that I can have it and I take it, I have stolen from you. And then don't withhold what is due. Those two things are going to be the crux of what we're talking about. I want to talk about the different ways we steal. And sometimes I don't think we think about some of these ways of stealing. But there's three main ways. And those ways we're going to talk about because they are very, very important. Of course, theft, we all recognize that's unlawful taking of somebody's property or things or what they have. And then robbery means that I'm going to unlawfully take the property of another by use of violence or intimidation. And that is done a lot more than you think by people. And then thirdly, extortion, and that's the use of power to obtain property, funds, or patronage psychologically or presser. Uh, pressure upon a person and extortion is Ill- illustrated in this passage Ezekiel twenty-two twenty-nine, and I don't know whether I've got that on here but the other way it's illustrated in Exodus twenty-two twenty-nine, 29 and I don't have it on here but there are other ways of stealing kidnapping being a person and selling him or her. This was done in our history, where people were kidnapped and then sold. And God says that that is a theft that is absolutely horrible. In Exodus twenty-one sixteen, whoever kidnaps someone and sells him, or if he, uh, if he is found in his possession he will surely be put to death. Well, there's a lot of people in the country that probably should have died because slavery is something that was during war and so on and there was a lawful way, but there was an unlawful way and that was kidnapping and then having that person. And then... We come down closer to today, stealing from your employer. Now, do you realize that while you're working for somebody, that those people can steal from you in a lot of ways? Jeff has employees, some of you others have employees, and some of you work with people that steal from their employer. And stealing can be done with time. It can be done by taking money. It can be done by not giving a full day's work to your employer. Do you remember what he says over here? Slaves, and we say, well, I'm not a slave. Well, for that time of period you're working for them, you are. You belong to them. Your time belongs to them, and God says slaves must be subject to their own masters in everything, to be well pleasing, not to talk back, not stealing, but demonstrating all good faith, in order that they may do credit to the teaching of God and our Savior in everything. How much do you talk about your employ employer? How many bad things do you say? Do you know what? If I worked for Jeff and I didn't like the way things were going, I think I would quit. He is providing me with money. He is providing me with the salary. He's providing me with that which I take home and share with my family. And during that period of time, I am there and I am complaining about how rotten of a boss I have. While I put the food in my mouth, I'm complaining about the guy that's giving it to me. Now that's how serious this is. God says, don't talk back. You know, when I was in the landscaping business, I always knew that I had a better way of doing things than my boss but we had to do it my boss's way, and the reason was simple. He was the boss. And whenever I told him I thought it was wrong, he said, I'll take it under advisement, but you go ahead and do it this way. Sometimes he listened to me, and boy, I felt good. But when he didn't, I just went on the old way of doing things because I knew I had a better way to do it, but he was paying the bills. And we need to keep that in mind when we're working for somebody. In Jeremiah, and by the way, employer stealing from the employee, and this is done quite a bit. In fact, I had it done to me one time. In Jeremiah twenty-two thirteen, 13, Woe to them who builds his house without righteousness and his upper rooms without justice, his fellow countrymen. He works for nothing, and he does not give to him his wages. You know, when you work, you ought to pay them. Stephen works for this congregation, and we pay him a big amount. I don't know, $35 a week, is it? a week. And he cleans the building and he does a wonderful job. And then he complains about how I make him do it. I'm teasing. Stephen never complains about anything that I've heard him complain about. This is saying responsibility, responsibility, responsibility. Responsibility. A word that we don't like to face anymore, but we're responsible. I sit over in my office, and I'm responsible to give you a day's work, whether I'm sitting or whether I'm walking or what I'm doing. I am to give you a day's work because you are my boss. You are the ones that pay me. I had a very good friend of mine that he was preaching, and he said, the church is not going to tell me what to do, the Lord tells me what to do. And I said, well, see how that works out, and the next Sunday they fired him. Well, you pay this. Now, I'm not going to preach just to please you, but I recognize the power that you have that without you and your approval, I don't get paid. You're the boss. So Jeremiah 21 deals with that. You remember he says over in James 5 and verse 4, Behold the wages that were held back from you from the workers who reaped your fields cry out, and the cries of the reapers have come to the ears of the Lord of hosts. And what God is saying is that the employer and the employee is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and they're going to answer for what they're doing they're going to answer whether they're giving a day's labor or whether they're giving the wages to those people that earn it and then there's another area and i don't think we look at and those that refuse to work for a living that's stealing that's stealing Now, I didn't say those that can't work. I said those that refuse to work. Those that will not work, they just simply take. And we're into a situation today to where our children think that everything belongs to them and that they're just to be given all these things. That doesn't work well. Do you realize that? That doesn't work well. When you work for things... And when you get things, you appreciate it. And I know that about you guys. I know that, Jordan, you work hard selling those cars, taking my money. (laughs) There are many people in this world today that are refusing to work and expecting other people to give them money to live on. That's a wrong philosophy and it's wrong with God. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 through 12, For even when we were with you, we used to command this to you, that if anyone does not want to work, neither should he eat. Do you mean let him starve to death? Yes. Can that settle anything? If you're not willing to work, you don't get to eat. I wonder how many kids would die if a parent was to take that philosophy and apply it in their household with the chores that they're to do. You know, parents say, well, I couldn't do that. Why not? If they can't work because they won't work, because they don't want to do the chores then neither should you eat. That's just a principle that God lays down. So now we've got serenity worrying about whether she's going to eat tonight. And he said, for we hear that some among you are living irresponsibly. That means not taking responsibility. Working at nothing but being busybodies. Boy, they work. And they're busy all the time trying to find out and spy upon Larry Wesson. We want to know what Larry's doing and we want to to talk about Larry. Now we command and we exhort such people in the Lord Jesus Christ that working with quietness, they eat their own bread. So if you're going to eat, God made a rule way back in Genesis that it's going to be... Because you have to work. But I don't want to work. What do you do for a living? Why well, play video games. We're training a wrong way. You do your chores. I was impressed one day. I saw a family working together. And the boys was out just working, working, working. And everybody had a job to do. That's a family that's getting along. That's a family that you can say they're going to be good neighbors. And then God says he wants right measurements. When you go to the store, you ought to expect, if you buy a pound of hamburger meat, that the scale ought to be a pound. I sold Jeff and Sue a car. And there was something wrong with that car. And when I sold it to him, I said, man, this is the best car in the world. And I want you to know it's the best car. No, I told him there's a problem with it. I don't know what it is. They, he finally figured out what it was through a mechanic that he had. And I had two mechanics work on it, and they couldn't find what was wrong, but I knew there was a problem. It's wrong to sell something when you know something is wrong with something and not tell the person that it's wrong. And God says you have to give true measurements in order for it to be a binding deal. I'm going to tell you something, and I'm getting off just a little bit, but I'm going to move this way. I'm usually very careful about what happens But my wife went on to Amazon and evidently got a credit card a long time ago and whether or not she knew it, she signed up for Amazon Prime. And she got a a Amazon Prime bill and she wanted to get off and so I got on real quick and was gonna cancel it. And I tried to cancel it out and couldn't figure out how to do it. Now, that's dumb. And so I called. I just looked, and I typed in the number for Amazon. And I called them. And the guy said, well, here, I can help you with that. And he went over to close it. He said, can't close it down because somebody has stolen your IP address. I said, wow. He said, they're trying to charge three iPhones. And I didn't think, well, that doesn't make sense. But I said, OK. They said, just a minute, I'm going to transfer you to another company that, well, that can do this for you. They transferred me to another company. And they said, oh, yeah, you've you got a real problem here. And I said, well, I called my computer guy. I said, well, they can't, they can't fix it because this is an IP problem which I don't know anything about, but to make a long story short, they said, okay, we'll fix it. It's going to cost this, 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 and to make a long story short, it was $329 and something. I gave them permission to get into her machine. They worked over an hour, and I watched them as they worked, and they closed out The deal, they cleaned the caches out. They cleaned that out. Then they said, okay, that's done. I said, fine. So the next morning, they called me, and they said, "Uh, is everything working okay? And I said, well, I think it is. Don't know, but I think it is. They said, okay. The next day, they called me, and they said, can we run the credit card now? I said, sure. Okay. So then they called the next day and said, would you call the bank or the place where the credit card is, and would you tell them that our base is in China and we want them to approve this because sometimes they question it. I said, "Uh, yeah, I don't like this idea, but I'll do that. So I called the credit card company and got them on the line with them, and I said, I will approve $329 and something. And I said, okay. So then, and I'm trying to shorten this, then I get a deal that says that they're, from the credit card company and said they want to get $363. I wrote back and I said, no, I'm not approving that. I didn't agree to that. And so then I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll send you a cashier's check. And they said, okay. So I went down to the bank and I said, I want to send a cashier's check to this. And they said, are you sure you want to do this? I said, well, I think so. That's what I owe them. They said, this is a scam. Oh, really? So I called the guy and I said, they said it was a scam. He said, let me talk to the bank. So I went back to the bank again. I said, they want to talk to you. They said, we don't need to talk to them. It's a scam. Just go down to the police department. So I went to the police department. The police department went back and they took all this and they came back and said, this is as phony as can be. Really? He said, tell them, he said, I've made copies. Tell them to sue you. The guy called me yesterday and said, Mason, this is so-and-so, and he said, how are you? And I said, I'm fine, and he hung up, because the police department had tried to call him, and they wouldn't accept the call. You can get took by false measurements And I said all that to tell you, not only to warn you against these things, but to tell you that there's people out there that are not trying to give you something that is right. And that's a horrible thing. He says, balances of deceit are an abomination to Yahweh, but an accurate weight delights him. Oh, every time. You know what? When somebody gives you too much money back at the bank, do you say, you gave me too much money back? Mary says, yeah, she does that right away. And you know what? If they give me a penny too much, I take it back. My problem is, is when they give me $1,000 more. <laughs> then what do you do? Oh, Joyce says, give it back. Well, you'll have to think about that. In Job 24 2, they remove border stones. They seize flocks and they pasture them. That's what people do, they move border stones. And then we've got a failure to pay debts. In Psalm 37, 21, the wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous is gracious and gives. You know what? Christians ought to be able to depend if I loan you money that I'm going to get it back. Now Frank has a very definite program that he uses. If he and I'll tell you this because this is his weakness. If you borrow money from him, he doesn't expect it back. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to cause a problem with him. If I loan you money, I want you to tell me you can't pay me back. And I will gladly forgive the debt. But I want you to tell me. You don't even have to tell Frank. He'll just forgive it. And then, tax evasion. I hate paying some of the taxes we pay, especially in California. Oh, they're awful. Except... God says, pay him." Jesus said to them, give Caesar the things that are of Caesar and to God the things of God. And they were utterly amazed at them, at him. I'm amazed too. Don't you know that they're, they're gouging us here and they're gouging us here and they're coming up with a new tax here and there and all of, He said, pay him." And then Paul said, pray Pay to everyone what is owed. Pay taxes to whom taxes are due. Pay custom duties to whom custom duties are due. Pay respect to whom respect is due. Pay honor to whom honor is due. You notice what he says is pay, pay, pay. And we sang a song. Jesus paid it all. He is always giving. He's always paying. We need to pay the things that is put upon us. And very quickly, malicious gossip gossip and rumor. That's stealing. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. When I ruin your good name, I've stolen something from you that is hard to get back. Ah. Oh. We need to think about what we say about each other. Is it going to build that other person up in your mind? Or is it going to tear them down? If I've got something to tear you down about, if it's not sinful, I need to keep my mouth shut. If it is sinful, I need to go to you and you alone. And then take Matthew 18, and follow it. And then the last one is robbing God. God says, all of this is mine, and I say, but I'm going to take it. In Malachi 3.8, he says, well, a man robbed God, yet you have robbed me. But you say, when have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. People say, well, I just can't give. I just can't give. I just can't give. Why? I've got too many debts. What kind of debts do you have? Let's see. I've got to pay for an iPhone. Not a flip phone. An iPhone. I don't have one of those cheap flip phones. I've got an iPhone. And I drive a great car. May even have two cars. Live in a pretty good house. But I can't afford to give. Think about that. In 1 Corinthians 16, 2, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him. Now, if God hasn't prospered you anything, you can't give. In fact, if God has not prospered you anything, you probably need help from the church. But if God has prospered you, you ought to give. That's what he says. and not surrendering our body to the Lord. That's what John's class is about. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price? Therefore glorify God with your body. Make your body do that which it doesn't want to do to fit in with what God wants you to do spiritually in a physical way. And then, the last passage. Romans 12, 1, Therefore I exhort you, brothers, through the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. God, here it is. Here's the possessions. Let me use them the way that you want me to use them. Because you are my God... And I am at your service. Don said something to me this morning before we started this this lesson. He said, I think we've all been guilty of most all that you've preached about. That's true, but you know what? You don't have to remain that way, you can change. And I beg you, by the mercies of God, that you do. If we can help you in any way to obey the gospel of Christ, come and we will study together. Come and we will pray together. Come and we will find out what does God want me to do. Won't you come?